Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Let's go to Abercrombie Town! Yeah, welcome to Friday, everybody. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J, 25th day of February, 2022. My name is Nick. There's Big J right over there. Yeah. Welcome to the Ass End of the Week. Hopefully it has been a good one for you and your family. As you look forward to the weekend, Big J, do you have anything to look forward to? No, just darkness. Can we catch up on some sleep then? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably a little bit of that, uh, but, um, you know, standard fare, man. Nothing nothing big, big planned. It's that time of year, I suppose, where you just have to kind of roll with the punches until uh, things start to get a little bit more, I guess, pleasant outside. Which Saturday are we going to get? Okay, we're going to get last Saturday, which was a beautiful, wonderful day. Or are we going to get like a frigid, cold as hell kind of Saturday? What does Dark the weather say? You can't trust that. Oh my God. Well, listen, I mean, the last couple of days there's been snow. Nobody said that was showing up. Well, that's not true. There was snow in the forecast. Mm. I mean, there was. I mean, that's debatable. You could ask three or four people around here if they think there was snow in the forecast. I don't want to talk to no. those people. But welcome to the show. We got ourselves nice. a fun little ride planned for you. Big Jay's going to tell a story for us. We got ourselves some Kill Switch Engage tickets that we have to give away for Tuesday's show at the Revolution Center. That's going to be awesome. We're going to have Viker Bellagi come in here. He is going to be playing at the Lounge at the End of the Universe tonight and tomorrow night and that's going to be pretty damn awesome as well jen adams from lounge at the end of the universe will be in the eight o'clock hour we'll be talking about that fun because it's another idaho pun slam tonight too so i imagine at some point that will come up in the conversation it's one of the more popular things happening at the lounge at the end of the universe and they're at the uh, the opening stages of it for 2022 which means it's open to anybody so if you want to test your pun knowledge this would be your chance do you have what it takes to be a pun champion a pun warrior could very well be we shall see and we'll talk all about that as the show goes on today as well but let's get started with some music offspring is starting things off here on the morning after this has gone away here on the x rocks on the morning after with nick and big J. hey cool if we start out the morning with some actual good news sure uh, because the James Beard Foundation announced some semifinalists for the James Beard Award yesterday, and four chefs from the state of Idaho were nominated. Now, they are broken into different regions here in the United States, and uh, Idaho happens to fall in the mountain region for the best chef category. Three Idaho chefs made it into the semifinal round. Salvador Amamiya from Amano Restaurant in Caldwell, Dan Akazui from Ansatz Restaurant in Boise, and Chris Kamori from Kin in Boise all made the cut and then uh, congratulations to Katera Shams who is a baker at Sunshine Spice and Bakery Cafe in Boise the, she's the semifinalist in the outstanding baker category so four Idaho chefs and bakers nominated for James Beard Awards which is a pretty big deal in the food industry Sunshine Spice and Bakery and Cafe was started by four sisters back in 2019 Boise's only Afghan bakery uh, Amano specializes in Mexican cuisine that also opened up in 2019 and then Ansatz opened up in 2020. That serves Basque cuisine, focuses on chorizos. And then Kin first opened up last year with a rotating menu. It's the fourth time that Chris Kamori has been a semifinalist for the James Beard Award, so he's no stranger to it. 
Well, winners for the Restaurant Chef Awards will be revealed on Wednesday, March 16th in Scottsdale. And that's when we'll find out if we have any winners from the state of Idaho. Have you partaken in any of these restaurants, Big J? Yeah, I've been to uh, Mono. Really good. Uh, that makes sense. It's the Mexican cuisine stuff. Do you remember it's what you had? It's also in Caldwell, so there you go. That's true. What? No, I don't. Um, I had tacos. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe you tried something special and different. It was three years ago. Oh, you went when it, right, right when it yes. opened up? Gotcha. And, but not good enough to be back? Just, you know, it's always busy. All right. Sorry. Well, hey, I've You never haven't been to any of them, pal. No, I'm telling you right now, I haven't been. I was just wondering. I mean, if it was good, you'd think you'd go back. But I get it. Sometimes well, things are too busy. kind of fancy. Uh, well, listen, anything that's nominated for a James Beard Award, I promise you is fancy. That goes without saying. Uh, but uh, it may be very, very good. And I'm sure they all are. You don't get nominated for James Beard Award by being average. So congratulations to all of them. Congratulations as well to DeMar DeRozan. He continues his NBA record streak for getting at least 35 points a game while shooting 50% or better. I extended it to eight straight games. After last night, he put up another 37 points on 15-21 shooting. Uh, NBA returned to play after the All-Star break yesterday, and it was a pretty good game for him. Uh, The uh, Bulls beat the Hawks in that game as well. And get ready. The Full House cast is gearing up for a full-on family reunion following the passing of Bob Saget. E! News confirmed yesterday that Dave Coulier, Cameron, Candace Cameron Bure, Andrea Barber, and Scott Weininger are all set to reunite for 90s Con, which will be a two-day event in Hartford, Connecticut from March 11th through the 13th. And you'll have a chance to get together and ask some questions of the Full and Slash Fuller House cast. Not all of them are in the new one on Netflix, but... It'll be nice to get them all in the same room again, I'm sure, and share some memories, which I'm sure will go viral. So there are going to be a full house reunion coming soon that you'll be able to be a part of. These reunions are very popular these days, especially revolving around 90 shows. So it's no surprise that Full House is getting in on the action as well. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your first round of important stuff. Red Hot Chili Peppers, other side here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big J, it's well documented. You are not a fan of snakes. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I don't like the snakes, man. The creepy crawlies. How do you feel about spiders? Are they in that same category? I am not. I do not have problems with spiders. Okay. So, like, if you see one in your house, you're not freaking out. You're pretty much on spider duty in case uh, yeah. something is seen. You have to take care of that spider. Yeah, my, my hatred towards snakes is more biblical. Gotcha. Uh, because, yeah, I, the only time I've ever really seen you, like, completely freaked out was when somebody surprisingly brought a snake into the studio and you didn't know it was there, and then you saw it, and then you were just not happy it was around. Yeah, yeah, I don't... Ugh. Uh, I, I while I, I wouldn't call myself a fan of either one of these, like, snakes don't... Like, I'm not super creeped out by them, even though I have, like, a history of... Uh, like, I was attacked by a snake once. Did I ever tell you that story? I was, like, in elementary school, and we were playing outside, and I was in at school. I was at my house, but we found a snake in the grass, like a grass snake, you know? And yeah. uh, I was picking it up and playing with it. I was maybe six, seven years old, but I remember it bit, like, the middle part, like, between your thumb and your forefinger, the little piece of, like, skin, little, yeah. like, webbing there, and it got me, and it got me good, and I remember it hanging there, and I remember flipping my hand and freaking out as, like, a seven-year-old, but uh, still, I've never had a snake, but... Uh, I can't exactly say how I would react if I saw one in the wild, you know, because I don't think I've done that yet. If I have, I've been oblivious to it. And so uh, I'm okay with it. But this study that is out there does make sense, I believe, at least for the two of us in the room. If you're not exactly a huge fan of snakes and spiders, 
then researchers from three different universities found that you're probably not somebody that likes the outdoors too much. You're not somebody that goes camping every other weekend or uh, finds their way out in the wild in the wilderness a lot if you are that freaked out by snakes and spiders. And I think that qualifies for you and I. Yes? I mean, a little bit, sure. When was the last time you were camping? It's been a few years. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I would say uh, I wouldn't call you one with nature, not- Big J. Well, I'm not also not scared to be in nature either. No, no, no. It's not a fear of being in nature. They're just saying if you aren't around it a whole bunch, odds are you're not going to be a huge fan of the things yeah, that you find. Yeah, but I grew up it. around it, so... Yeah. yeah, but you're still not connected to it, I wouldn't say. Uh, I, so whether I was disconnected? You, whether you have a history with it and whether you enjoy it now and are connected to it still are two things altogether. I mean, you used to probably love Legos, too. And other than you having Lincoln a James blocks. Bond car... That connection has been severed. Other factors lowered the risk of having a snake or a spider phobia, being older in age, living in less urbanized environments. But basically, it's a growing body of evidence that spending time in nature and feeling connected to it makes you connected to all creatures out there, even the ones that give a lot of people out there the heebie-jeebies. So don't feel bad. It's not a bad thing. It's just one of those things that happens to be two things you have in common. If you're not going camping a whole lot and not finding yourself out in nature and hiking it up, odds are you're probably not a huge fan of snakes and spiders, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with either of those things. Now, uh, there, we reached a new level if you, you know, tuck and roll out of your car if you see a spider. <laughs> that's We're something trying to start it on fire. That's happened, yes. Those things are extremes, and that's a bit much, and nobody should be that scared of a spider, uh, no matter what. Morning after with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few minutes, Big J is going to tell us a story, so get ready to gather around. That's next on the X-Rocks. That is Bush. That is come down here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Gather around, kids. It's time for a story from Radio's Big J. I'm ready. Uh, yeah, you know, Nick is uh, part of the outreach here of the, the X-Rocks. I had the pleasure yesterday of uh, doing a uh, an interview with a student at CWI who's taking a class in uh, audio production and uh, the student asked me uh, what one of my favorite parts of this, of this job is. And, uh, you know, over the years it's changed uh, a little bit, I think. But uh, it was something that was very relatable from this week. And that is uh, the interaction with the listeners of the radio station is my favorite part when you get down to it. That connection with other people and is, is a really, really cool thing. And as an example, I mentioned that, uh, you know, we were at the Dead Sarah concert on Monday night. And uh, I was watching Dead Sarah. I was there on stage up, up from upstairs, uh, right uh, near uh, where the, the railing is. And there was a gentleman there with his son. And his son has got this amazing spike mohawk, okay? And so uh, I'm sitting there, and I took a picture, and he turned around and saw me. And he's like, hey, I want you to check this out. So he shows me a picture, and it's a picture from the last time Dead Sarah was here. so like eight years ago, mm-hmm. right? And it was by Dead Sarah's uh, bus. And there's a picture of his son who is sitting next to, uh, who is just a kid then, and has the same spiky hair. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, that's what this is all about. Because, you know, here they are, you know, they're sharing a moment together as father and son, uh, you know, years ago. And still, you know, together now, you know, this son is uh, older, probably his late teens. And they're enjoying the show. And it's just, that's that kind of 
thing that I love so much about this radio station, the people who listen to this radio station, and why we do these free X shows, and, and how it's just an amazing thing with music and uh, people connecting. That's, to me, one of the favorite parts of my job here, and probably will be until the very end. So uh, it's a really cool thing to get to relate, but I've been wanting to tell that story all week, so I thought this would be a great time to do that, and I didn't get a chance, obviously, to talk any further about um, you know what their their lives have been like here uh, lately, but I mean, it's, uh, it's a really cool thing to see that happen, especially as a father and son duo. Absolutely. I mean, those uh, those shows boil down to listener appreciation shows, really, when it comes down to it. That's what the free extra series has kind of always been about, a way to say, hey, thank you for listening. And, you know, uh, the fact that that series has been going on as long as it has been, the fact that we've had some return appearances, the fact that we've had some huge, gigantic bands be a part of that series that have gone on to gigantic things that we never even thought possible after those kind of shows has kind of goes to show you how cool it can be to be a part of that thing from the ground up and the fact that you know people stick and stay with us through all that kind of stuff is certainly anything nothing that we take for granted that's for sure and we love seeing stuff like that i did notice that guy uh with the mohawk up in the uh the balcony area do you think that that was a haircut he redid on purpose for the show or do you think he rocked it for that long because well, i mean that I mean, was a long ass <laughs> mohawk man yeah it sweet it, it is it's a classic mohawk mm-hmm. i think when you think of a punk mohawk that's right. what you think of and uh, I don't know. I got a feeling that that's a regular occurrence. It did seem like it was but, grown out in that way. But, but the but. fact that the picture, it was just, it was kind of surreal. It I was. was like, oh, okay. That's funny. That's very awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Morning After with Nick and Big J coming up in a few minutes. Your important stuff. Plus, we got ourselves. We're going to hell. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Odds are, if you are an American person over the age of 18 years old, there's one thing you've got in common with everybody else in this country. Credit card debt, baby. Most Americans are currently carrying so much credit card debt that they would do anything to go back in time and change the outcome of their financial situation. That's how rough it is. Not great. That's according to a recent survey that examined how adults tackle their financial hurdles. The poll found that the average person owes about $3,000 currently on their credit cards when they're all added up. Many respondents share their financial regrets over the years, like not setting up a retirement plan when they were younger. That was the most biggest regret that Americans had. 51% of us are not happy about that. Not paying close attention to their credit score came in second, 43%. And then third were buying goods that were too cheap. 41% say, you know, you get what you pay for kind of stuff. And it ended up just being a big waste of money, which never feels great. But uh, three-quarters of us have made an average of five financial decisions they regret in the past five years. you have any of those that come to mind? In the past five years, no. No? None? Not that I can think of right offhand. You don't regret that eBay purchase? I mean, that's not major. Well, no, it's not an average. It's not. It's not a major one. It's a. It's a financial decision. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, you know, quantify how big of a financial decision. Sure, I regret that deeply. Uh, but I mean, you know, yeah. I'm sure if you were given the choice of burning fifty dollars in front of your face, you probably wouldn't feel too good about that, right? That's right. The same percentage of people have even planned their debt-free celebration after paying all their dues. That seems uh, like almost counterintuitive, if we're being honest. Seems like that might cause you some debt i'm guessing if you're throwing yourself a huge party to celebrate the fact that you're not in debt anymore is one of the reasons you're in debt (laughs) you need to make better financial decisions (laughs) than that but just know you're not alone if you're all if you're thinking oh my goodness all this credit card debt what have i done it's 
standard operating procedure for being in the, the United States of America. Congratulations to the New York Islander Zendo Chara. He broke the NHL record for games by a defenseman last night with his 1,652nd regular season game. The 44-year-old has been playing in the NHL for 24 seasons. He broke the mark that had been set by Hall of Famer Chris Chelios back in the day. Chara got a standing ovation from the Sharks' home crowd when his accomplishment was announced during a play stoppage. And the Sharks played a congratulations video and all sorts of stuff, including... Uh, a video from Patrick Merlot, who is a former San Jose player himself. He holds the NHL record for games by any player. So, way to go for the Islanders. The uh, Islanders lost that game, though, 4-3, to three, so never great to lose on your day back. Today is opening day for the Foo Fighters' major screen debut, Big J. Yeah, Studio 666. Uh, it's all about how the band moves into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album, and then it turns into kind of like a horror comedy. Uh, it's got a bunch of former guests of the morning after in the cast, including Whitney Cummings, Big J, Will Forte, and, of course, the Foo Fighters themselves also pop by the the movie the trailer looks fun uh it's got two theaters here in the treasure valley that are showing it so it's not a wide release you're gonna have to seek it out if you want to see it in the theater so i don't expect a huge box office boom who's got it uh, rolling uh the cinemark theaters here in town do as well as the one that is uh the the imax kind of uh, set up down there by the uh the spectrum mm-hmm. not the actual imax itself but the other large theater is also hosting a screening of it studio 666 is actually getting fairly decent critical reviews uh, I do not know how the fans think of it just yet, but uh, I'm not expecting it to be a box office boom, I guess. But if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. I also don't think I'm going to be able to seek it out in theaters, but I imagine at some point I will see it. Um, I want it to do well, but this feels like it's going to be one of those that... Uh, I don't know. if I don't think they'll regret it like Metallica regrets their movie, because I don't think they're fronting all the money to be a part of it like Metallica was. But well, diff- way different movie too. Correct. Way more expensive. Uh, correct. Yeah, I mean, uh, this one seems to have a little bit more of a plot line than uh, than Through the Never did, although it, it, it tried, but ultimately failed. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff. Morning after with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. Headed over to Britain for today's We're Going to Hell story. Hello. Very good British accent, Big J. So please, everybody else, imagine that kind of accent throughout this story as the people are introduced. I suppose if you were to go back the last year or two, you would find in the world plenty of psychotic breaks. You understand? Sure. I mean, the pandemic had did some really weird stuff to our heads. And sometimes can cause some issues from time to time. But when you involve others in your psychotic breaks... It's not a great look. And a British lawyer is dealing with lots of problems after suffering what can only be described as a psychotic break. As he was wandering around a supermarket, Big J, you know, as we're prone to do as we're going shopping. But as opposed to purchasing things off the shelf, Big J, this lawyer decided to, you know, inject his own blood into dozens of food items across the supermarket. Great! Surveillance video shows Leolai Alabi sticking syringes into things like apples, 
chicken fillets, ready-to-eat meals at a Sainsbury supermarket over in Britain. But the 37-year-old's reign of terror didn't end there. He also threw an empty needle at a doctor, hitting her in the chest. That's never a good thing. And then lobbed a potted plant at a guard that was trying to detain him before he was finally detained. Once they got him in custody, police then collected over 20 needles that contained blood or blood residue. Lord. And took a statement from the lawyer that said that he felt like he was living in a Truman Show simulation where everything around him was fake and he was being filmed at all hours of the day. A, psychi- a psychiatrist added that he believed that uh, he had a device implanted in his brain and he was hoping that injecting his blood into things at the grocery store would alert, quote, the real police to his predicament and get him out of his Truman Show situation. So that's where the problem lies. Did it? Right? Didn't the real police show up eventually? I I don't know if he thinks this is the real police or not. I guess that's the problem. Um, I'm not sure if he still thinks it's all part of the Truman Show kind of thing that's going on in his head. Or if these are the fake police or the real police, I don't know, unfortunately. Well, listen, better the Truman Show than 12 Monkeys, or That's we true. all would have been in trouble. It's true. He's in my chair. And so you got to make sure that you're doing the right thing, and I guess this guy's going to be locked up for a while. Uh, hopefully he gets the help that he needs. The good news is the supermarket was able to monitor all the stuff that he had tampered with. It never left the store. They threw out the stuff that he did, so nobody was unexpectedly impacted unless Big J this is not the first time he did it and he's had several trips to several supermarkets and who knows I guess or unless also he's he's right yeah I I mean let's you can play that card I suppose if he is right though I mean who else is impacted other than him I mean if he's a Truman show situation then the the world revolves around that guy we're all stuck in this thing Wait, are we all in our own separate Truman shows, or we're all playing parts in somebody else's Wouldn't Truman Wouldn't that show? be wild if we're all in our own Truman show? I mean, that's... I'm not sure any of us need that kind of... That's infinite simulation going on. Ego boost that's involved in that. What if this is just... We're just in The Sims. A bunch of idiots are playing us. Uh, then I've got a real issue with the dude that's controlling me. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> he and I got beef. Morning after... Like my guy. ...with Nick and Big J... There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X Rocks. That is Pearl Jam. That is Alive. Here on the morning after. With Nick and Big J on 100.3, the X Rocks. And every once in a while, we all need a good reminder that real life is not the movies. Especially if you grew up when Big J and I grew up and watched a lot of 80s movies. Specifically action movies in the 80s. You may have been convinced that a trope that is used in a lot of those movies is the best way to go about something, but that's just not the case. I imagine we could probably cite 15 examples of insert action star here that's caught in a unfortunate situation where he has a wound that he needs to take care of quickly, Big J. And so he runs to the medicine cabinet or he breaks into a pharmacy or he does something and he grabs hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol and he just throws it on the wound. And cleans it up by at least movie standards and then puts like a a, uh, a gauze bandage over it and then it's forgotten about for the rest of the movie, you know? Yeah, I don't know which action movies you're watching. Usually they uh, burn themselves with something. Well, when they have to cauterize something, that certainly is the case too. But there's plenty of opportunities for people pouring alcohol 
or some sort of hydrogen peroxide on the wounds that they have in movies and television shows. And there are doctors here to tell you now that that is not the correct way to do it. Uh, unfortunately, there's this belief that uh, you need to clean a wound with rubbing alcohol or hydrogen peroxide, but apparently that's a terrible thing to do. Now, the doctors that are putting this uh, kind of series together, kind of, I guess, myth-busting stuff that you see in a lot of movies and TV shows, have said that there is some truth to the fact that hydrogen peroxide can be a- antiseptic, that's for sure. But the problem that it does, you know, it's the, that's the kind of stuff that fizzes up the wound as it supposedly cleans it. But the doctors say that fizz is actually uh, bacteria that is going to town on your skin and it can't tell the difference between bacteria cells and your own cells that are helping to heal your wound and so what it actually does is makes the wound worse over time than what you would be dealing with had you not done it the correct way apparently to do it is to just use some actual cold water to clean the wound rinse it and then apply a small amount of triple antibiotic cream and then cover it with a clean dressing if you've got a large wound, you're going to need medical assistance, and that's so. What do we use hydrogen peroxide for? Uh, not for cleaning wounds. Uh, it can be used for other things, but like what? I don't know, man. Do you have it in your house? Yes. What do you use it for? To clean wounds. Stop it. Nah. Stop my it. My foot's fine. Thanks. I used it immediately when uh, I crushed. I realized I was bleeding all over the place. Uh, yeah, well, you hope so, but it can lead to infection, a uh, greater I'd cause of I get that if you're using it multiple times, you know, like the first time, I think, is... Yeah, but I, he also, I believe, is talking about, like, the kind of wounds that you see in movies. I mean, small cuts and scrapes, there's a big Here, difference than... dump hydrogen peroxide in this gunshot right, wound. No, that's, that's probably not. That's exactly what he's saying. That's not the way to go about it if you're in a medical emergency situation. My favorite, though, is pouring gunpowder into the wound and then lighting it on fire. Yeah, that's something that has happened as well in movies. Uh, Not something that is recommended either by the emergency room doctor, in case you're curious. Morning After with Nick and Big J coming up in a few short minutes. Some important stuff. Hold tight for that. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. You've been a Treasure Valley resident for a very long time, Big J. How often do you break out the GPS still? Do you use it at all? around here uh well for places addresses i don't know sure that makes sense uh but you do bust it out from time to time yeah if you're looking for a new restaurant or something you haven't been to or something like that that makes sense uh that's exactly what the gps is for to help you get from point a to point b but texas a&m university wants you to know that don't forget the GPS is really looking for your shortest distance from point A to point B, not necessarily the safest distance from point A to point B. And if you're somebody that is not a careful driver or is somebody that is not familiar with the place that you're in, that maybe you might want to switch your GPS to navigation mode as opposed to straight up GPS mode because they found that if you take navigation mode, it reduces a crash by about 23%. Now, this is a very limited study that Texas A&M University did really in Texas. That's what they looked at a lot of the roads, and they found that GPS tends to take you on to local roads, higher risk of crashes there with poor geometric designs, drainage problems, lack of lighting, and then higher risks of wildlife vehicle collisions as well. And navigation mode takes you to places that are safer for you to go from point A to point B. 
So it, it usually does result in about an 8% increase in travel time from point A to point B if you use that mode, but it is much safer if you're worried about that kind of thing. Now, they do acknowledge the study that they did has some limitations, like, you know, that's going to be difficult. Not all GPS versions of things have navigation modes. It's not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, standard procedure for all GPS things to have this particular mode. And as well as the safest mode can change from moment to moment, you know. You yeah. would need up-to-date real-time traffic flow information, incident reports, accurate crash prediction models, all that kind of stuff to really execute this. So they do admit that, listen, it's not perfect, but maybe it's something that people would be interested in. I didn't even know there was such a thing as navigation mode, so I'm learning something. I just thought GPS just... You know, I know there's several options you can take in GPS. I didn't know there were different modes that you can use. Did you? No. Well, there you go. See? Learning something. It's always nice. Always pays to hold on to those cards that you may have collected if you were a card collector. A Kobe Bryant rookie card was sold privately last week for $2 million, Big J. The highest Ooh. a Kobe Bryant rookie card has ever been valued. The card was a 1997 Metal Universe Precious Metal Gems Emerald. I don't even know, but it's considered by many to be the best rookie card in existence for Kobe Bryant. And it must have been because... It went for $2 million from one dude to the next. So somebody knew what they were doing when they held on to it. Congratulations to whoever made that amount of money on a card. And it's been a good week for Bronny James, Big J. Uh, that is LeBron James' son. Not only did his dad come out and basically guarantee him an NBA career by saying that he wants to finish his career with whatever team drafts his son, Bronny, in a couple of years, he's going to, doesn't matter how much money he makes, he's going to do that. So. Uh, Bronny. Bronny doesn't want that. Who knows? Yeah, nobody ever asked him. But also, Bronny made some pretty good money this week. You know about the uh, NIL deals, right? Name, name and image yeah. likeness that is happening. Well, it can happen in high school as well. And Bronny's a junior in high school right now. He just signed a big-time deal with an underwear company that's going to pay him $5.1 million over the next year and a half. So before he even graduates high school, he's going to make $5.1 million uh, kind of selling underwear to the kids online. So it's a pretty good week. For Bronny James. And, you know, listen, he's a very good high school basketball player, but he's considered right now to be about a, the in the top 30 in his class. So not a slam dunk by any means, but one that, you know, has already been guaranteed an NBA career by his pops and uh, made himself $5 million from an underwear company. Not too bad. It doesn't suck to be Bronny James, I guess is my point. So congratulations to him. Big J Slash is a guitar legend and an icon, and he's probably as famous for his top hat as he is for his guitar playing. Yeah. And he says on Conan O'Brien's podcast that he never meant that to be the case. Uh, he had been in Guns N' Roses for a while, played on stage a bunch, never really had the hat on, and then one day he was at a Los Angeles thrift store and decided to steal a hat, a top hat like he wears. And then he went to another store and he stole a belt. Uh, in this, he's not apologizing, by the way, for stealing. No. Not even close. No. He's, he's just describing to you how he got his iconic look. He then took the belt and put it on the hat and wore it on stage that night. And the rest is history. Now, he still has some pretty uh, interesting stage fright issues that he deals with. He still can't look into the crowd that much. So he kind of uses the the hat as like a, you know, defense mechanism, if you will, between he and the audience. 
and it does help the hair cover up his eyes so he can't see anything. That's another reason why he wears sunglasses everywhere he goes. He's got some real public image issues, and the hat helps with it. Uh, he also has some shoplifting issues. I'm sure he's probably addressed in the last 40 years, but uh, interesting that it wasn't planned and also something that was completely stolen from Los Angeles shops that gave him that look. So uh, I guess he landed on something that was a winning look and he's sticking and staying with it. And I guess I can't blame him, right? Right. He does say, however, he now does pay for all of his hats. So lesson learned. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff for the 8 o'clock hour. Morning After with Nick and Big J. All right, and for Pop Culture Smackdown, we have tickets to next week's awesome show, Kill Switch Engage at the Rev Center, coming uh, with uh, uh, August Burns Red and Light the Torch. going to be a hell of a show there on the 1st of March. So we'll get you set up with that if you can beat me Pop Culture Smackdown. Here's our phone number, 208-287-1003 is the number that you need to call if you'd like to play. All you have to do is defeat Big J in Pop Culture Smackdown. I say to thee, good luck, and good luck to you, Big J. Okay, thanks. Let's go to the phones. Hello, the X. Much needed. Hello. Hello, man. What's your name? Dustin. All right, Dustin, it is National Chili Day, so we're going to start with some chili questions. What Midwestern city is the home of Skyline Chili and the home of a sweet spaghetti kind of sauce served over pasta? Uh, <laughs> Texas. Texas. Wrong. How dare you? Not a Midwestern city. Hello, the X. Hello. Hey, what Midwestern city is known to be the home for Skyline Chili? Which is a restaurant that serves a sweet-tasting chili over spaghetti. Oh, Midwestern town? Yep. It's a city. Mm. It's not a small city. Uh, Lexington? What's it? Lexington? Lexington? Wrong. Lexington, Kentucky. Although Kentucky in this place not too far away. Hello, the X. Hello? Good morning. We need to know what Midwestern city is known to be the home for Skyline Chili, which is a restaurant that serves a sweet-tasting chili over spaghetti. Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh. Wrong. You guys are all great. You're better off yeah. for not knowing this, believe me. Hello, the X. Is it Chicago? It is not Chicago. No, sir. Wrong. Thank you for playing. Appreciate that. Hello, Chicago. Hello. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. We need to know which Midwestern city is known to be the home for Skyline Chili, which is a restaurant that serves a sweet-tasting chili over spaghetti. Oh, I'm going to go with one of the Super Bowl contenders, Cincinnati. Right. That is correct. It is known as Cincinnati Chili, and it is gross in every way. Big J, (laughs) speaking of chili, what ingredient do you never put in Texas chili? Oh, beans. That is absolutely correct. Right. Big J knows his chili. Uh, what's your name, sir? Jerry. Jerry, you're taking on Big J. Jerry, what Oscar nominee played a cocky bartender in the 80s movie Cocktail? Oh, Tom Cruise. Right. Correct. Yeah. Big J, speaking of bartenders, what veggie product turns a martini into a Gibson? I give you multiple choices. Is it a pickled onion, tomato juice, or Tabasco sauce? I'm going to go with a pickled onion. That is correct. Right. It turns a martini into a Gibson. Congratulations. Shake it. it. Uh, Back to you, sir. Uh, Friend star Jennifer Aniston was once married to what hunky actor? Keanu Reeves, Brad Pitt, or Ryan Gosling? 
Oh, hell, I didn't have to have all three, but Brad Pitt. Right. I like, I like the swagger, Jerry. <laughs> correct. Uh, Big J, to you, uh, which, of the, which coffee beverages has the most milk in it? Is it an espresso, an Americano, or a latte? A latte? Latte is correct. Right. Back to you. We Milky. need... What's that? Milky. Uh, we need to know which of the following was not one of the seven dwarves. Doc, Bashful, or Sloppy? Sloppy. Sloppy. Right. Is correct. Big J, I'm going to let you run the table. You deserve a victory, and I'm going to stop are you asking out of questions. questions. No, no, I've got a couple oh. more, but you need a I win. I get these tickets. Yay. You need a win. Sorry, no, Jerry. We're giving them to Jerry, oh. but well done, everybody. I never win. That's how I want the week to wrap up with everybody happy. Morning after with Nick and Big J. I'm there not you happy. go. You lost. Well, no, you didn't lose. You technically uh, got to a draw. We're just giving Jerry the tickets. Congratulations, sir. You are good to go. Hang on one second. We'll get some information from you, and we are going to talk all the cool things happening at the Lounge at the End of the Universe, including Vikram Balaji coming into studio next on the X-Rocks. That is Nirvana. That is Heart Shape Box. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. It's always fun on Fridays because we get to talk about the cool stuff happening at the lounge at the end of the universe. We have a couple of special guests in studio. First, we have Sarah Raffaella, who is part of the lounge at the end of the universe. But also, I know you do some performances at the lounge at the end of the universe as well. So that makes you a pretty busy person. And I imagine this weekend is no exception, right? It is no exception. Uh, we have quite a lot going on. We've got the Pun Slam birthday bash. Um, uh, and that will be tonight. And then we have the closing show of the Yum Yum Comedy Hour, a variety show where we'll have a burlesque performer from Portland. We have Mantooth coming in for live music. And, of course, our vulgar uh, puppets <laughs> and cast. Uh, and then, of course, the Things and Company Improv Uh happen all this weekend it's going to be a lot of fun and we do want to let people know that if you are um either educator or uh part of like you know hospital staff or school faculty uh you do get in uh free with one guest we just ask that you bring your credentials or your badge uh and you can see what else we have coming up at loungeboise.com beautiful it's a great place to get tickets and sarah i know that that you've been working with jen for a while helping her out with the red lounge but which one of the many things that you mentioned are you also personally involved with that you get up there on stage and perform with so I will be, uh, I actually uh, help write and perform in the Yum Yum Comedy Hour. Uh, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a very unique show that uh, I'm really proud to be a part of. So. What's it like writing for puppets? Is it fun? Do you enjoy it? <laughs> I, I enjoy it. They, I wish they were a little easier to work with. Uh, they're a little demanding, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's not bad. One thing I, I remember vividly, we, we had uh, Paul F. Tompkins on the show who who had a uh, show that he worked exclusively with a lot of puppets, and, and I asked him what the hardest part was, and he said, you know, when you're a performer, it, it's difficult because you, you rely so much on eye contact with other people to know when some somebody's done and it's very difficult to know when a puppet is done talking unless <laughs> you know the puppet and you have written it so i imagine that's an advantage right well kind of i mean i talk to a lot of comedians who are very dead in the eyes so i'm used to not really having that me like having that that social cue that tells me they're done that is fair that is very very Man, fair and great awesome stuff. loungeboise.com is where you can grab tickets um uh and if i may just throw in if you haven't been to the pun slam it is something that you have to experience in person and uh, I believe we're at the kind of the beginning of the year, which means it's kind of open, right? People can be a part and take part.
parted it? Yeah, yeah. If you show up early, uh, so doors open at 6 because the show starts at 7, but we have sign-ups until 6.30. Uh, so if you make it in time, you get to participate in the competition. And if you win, you get to go into the finals at the end of the year uh, for a chance to win $1,000. So cool. It is. It's a really awesome event. If you haven't gone, check it out. It happens usually about once a month over there at the lounge, but definitely worth checking out. Loungeboise.com is where you can grab your tickets. And then tonight and tomorrow night, headlining at the lounge at the end of the universe is a fantastic comedian named Vikram Balaji, who happens to be in the studio as well. Uh, Vikram, good morning. Thank you for getting up stupid early and coming in here. We certainly appreciate it very much. No, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here uh, in Boise, Idaho for my shows. Fantastic, man. You have a really interesting story about how you kind of got into comedy and where it started and where you are now. Uh, born in India, moved to Chicago, got into comedy. How does that transition happen? How do you realize, okay, I'm 16 years old, I'm living in the United States, maybe I'll get up on a stage and try to be funny? Yeah, I uh, was always interested in stand-up, so I was obviously born and brought up in India, um, and then big fan of the Seinfeld show, then just one day I decided to do stand-up, and then since then, you know, just can't stop doing it, uh, and then I went to the other parts of Asia to do shows, and I met other U.S. comics, so I'm like, you know what, I want to move to the U.S. where stand-up is so big, and it moved to the U.S. in early 2016 to Chicago and then been doing shows here. That's very awesome, man. And, you know, you've headlined in a bunch of different countries across the world. I imagine comedy is a universal language, but is it easier, more difficult to do for an international audience than it is for... Is there a difference, I guess? No, great question. And I keep getting that whenever <laughs> I go. And it's different based on each audience, what they're being used to, what kind of humor they like. But I feel like in all of that, there is some commonality, like whether you perform a joke here in um, Chicago or Boise or Indonesia or any part of the world, some jokes, everyone's going to love it. So I make a lot of jokes about growing up you know, in a big family, how my dad hates me and I want to hate him back. <laughs> <laughs> so how my mom dressed me up as a girl when I was growing up. So all of that, you know, it's, it's everyone seems to love that. So, you know, I feel like comedy has a very common... Uh, team across the world. Yeah, we can all relate to childhood trauma. There's yeah. no doubt about it. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Comedy is so. just an introspective look at uh, humanity, I guess, and really, really, when you get down to it, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a very deep way to put it, but yeah. I'm the deep guy here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the first time it's ever been uttered on this program, so way to go. Thank you very much, Vikram. Of course, you're there tonight and tomorrow night at the Lounge. You can grab your tickets at loungeboise.com. Uh, 7 o'clock show. Uh, you enjoy traveling? I mean, that's part of the gig, I imagine, so I imagine that takes you all over the place, right? Yeah, travel is a lot of fun. Get to meet like, a lot of different people, but I have to say it's not fun waking up in a motel in that you know bed and you know the bathrooms yes. so uh but otherwise yeah it's it's really fun because uh, sometimes like i go to places which i would never otherwise go like places like bluffton in indiana fort madison in iowa uh, <laughs> and it, it's fun because uh, you know a lot of these folks have never seen a brown guy doing <laughs> jokes so when i do my jokes it's amazing so, very yeah. nice very nice you get to you get to be in different parts of the country which is very very cool yep. you know you also have been uh, doing stand-up comedy for a while but i imagine the pandemic kind of slowed things down a little bit what did you do during that particular time anything in particular yeah it was hard for the first few months uh, so i uh, couldn't do shows everything stopped um, so started doing a more of like social media stuff, you know, putting out all my jokes, doing some 
random videos about being stuck at home but it wasn't too bad for me cuz some states were still open mm-hmm. so i started going to those places to do shows you know yeah. some states where covid doesn't exist they banned covid <laughs> right so <laughs> it makes sense it makes sense yeah. well good i'm yeah. glad you were able to get out there and if people want to follow you on social media what's the best place to do that uh, they can go to instagram it's vic comedy v i k comedy i keep putting up my jokes funny stuff uh, about my show where i'm next as well so it's vic comedy v i k on insta and all other platforms as well beautiful check out uh, Vikram and you can check him out in person tonight or tomorrow night we've got a couple pair of tickets that we're going to give away courtesy of the lounge at the end of the universe if you want to go check out uh, Vikram give us a call 208-287-1003 we'll hook up a couple of people with some passes to go check him out at the lounge at the end of the universe and if you are interested in all of the other shows that Sarah was talking about that's happening this weekend lounge boys is a place to get more information as well as your tickets Sarah and Vikram thank you very much for coming in we always appreciate it good seeing you guys morning after with Nick and Big J. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Headlines brought to you by Half Price Friday. Guess what's going on right now at xrock.com. That would be the Half Price Friday for Lemon Tree Company. If you throw down 25 bucks, we'll give you $50 to this wonderful sandwich and lemonade place that has two Boise locations, Bannock Downtown and then in Harris Ranch, and it is absolutely delicious. They have artesian sandwiches there that are awesome. They have a bunch of different lemonades. You can try all of them with a twist. They offer takeout and delivery, and you can grab it. They're already half sold out. I told you these things go quick. So if you want them while you can, jump on xrock.com. It's right there on the front page. And grab your Half Price Friday to Lemon Tree Company, which is going on right now. Headlines are as follows. No, thank you. Jesus, man. And party time. Jesus, man. People can be weirdly judgmental online, Big J. Agree or disagree? What, isn't, that, isn't that the purpose for online? Uh, if it, if it, It's certainly what it's turned into. But a woman named Colleen recently took to Twitter to share a very strange uh, exchange she had with a man that she had matched on a dating app and screenshots of their text conversation. They had agreed to meet up and Colleen had suggested if maybe they should go to uh, coffee on Thursday and check out Starbucks. And the person that she matched with said, Starbucks? Yeah, I'm not sure this is going to work. You seem nice and all, but I have standards. Obviously, you don't. I'm trying to build a vision and work towards the finer things in life, and that starts with people on my same wavelength, and Starbucks just Fs up the vibe. And that's how the conversation ended, because this dude did not want to go to Starbucks, Damn. I guess. And I'm like, oh, First of all, okay. what the hell's wrong with Starbucks? Pretty Apparently, delicious if you ask me, pal. Apparently, it's not fancy enough for this particular dude that wanted someplace a little bit more high society, Big J, than your average Starbucks. I'm going to fight him. Uh, well, good luck. He's on Hinge. If you want to match with him, his name's Matt. So uh, set up your profile and get to I'm town. I'm downloading it now. No thank you and party time. <laughs> party time. Cops in Jefferson County, Pennsylvania, made a pretty unusual traffic stop. Uh, not normal because it was somebody was getting pulled over for aggressive driving, but it was... The fact that it was an Amish horse and buggy that was being driven in a reckless manner that had to be pulled over. And then when that happened, they found out that Ray Byler, the Amish gentleman that was behind the, what do you call it, behind the wheel, behind the carriage? Behind the reins. I guess, uh, was hammered when he was driving this particular horse and carriage down the street. Hmm. He then admitted to police that he did have a, quote, couple of Amish beers before getting uh, on the carriage. Officers then waited for a family member to retrieve the skittish horse before arresting him for driving under the influence because whether you're Amish or not, Big J, you still got to obey those laws, pal. 
And drinking and driving applies to a lot of different things, not just vehicles. You can get uh, you can get a ticket or arrested for a bicycle, and certainly a horse and buggy as well. Now you're putting horses' lives at risk when you're when you're driving drunk that way, Big J. That's not okay. Have respect for animals as well, right? Yeah. And your fellow man. Unless it's, what's it called when they go crazy? Romspringer, is that what it's called? Romspringer? Yeah. <laughs> Cherry Springer? <laughs> Wrap it up with no thank you. And this is pretty gross, Big J, but a Britain-based, plant-based pet food company called Omni is offering people more than $6,000 to switch their dog food for two months, but the only way you can prove it is by keeping track of your dog's poop smells. Specifically, the company is looking for a dedicated dog owner to sniff their dog's poop and test the effect that this plant-based diet has on their dog's digestion, stool odor, and general health. The winning applicant will get paid about $6,685 for reporting on their dog's bowel movements in blog form for six months. It's basically $1,000 a month to smell your dog's poop. Big J, you've got a dog. Any interest? No. No, thank you. How come? Not my dog. Are you on poop patrol at all? No. You'll let the dog outside and inside, though, right? Yeah. That's the extent of it. Mostly. Once, once the dog... What do you mean, mostly? Well, usually he just goes outside to bark at everything and dig underneath the fence. Will you let him in and out, though? Yeah. All right. So that's that's where your responsibilities for the... Because you don't feed the dog, right? No. Do you give no, the dog treats yes. for being a good boy? Of course. Uh, okay. And you let him in and out, but that's... So no interest in smelling his fecal matter? Nope. All right. Well, uh, maybe pass it along to the family. Applications are being accepted on the company's website through March 31st. So if you want to be a professional dog poop smeller, the gig is open. There's your headlines. You're up to date on everything. We'll do some bad impressions. Those are next on the X Rocks. 100.3, the X. Yeah, and uh, bad impressions brought to you by the Idaho Sportsman Show. They have got uh, the Sportsman Show happening here from March 3rd to the 6th. You'll find plenty of gear, guides, outfitters, RVs, boats, ATVs, and much more at Expo Idaho, March 3rd to the 6th. And for you, we have tickets to Kill Switch Engage, which is happening March 1st out at the Rev Center. Opening up is August Burns Red and Light the Torch. I have to believe that uh, Kill Switch Engage, Light the Torch, as Howard Jones, probably going to be doing a duet on stage uh, for Kill Switch, so that'd be pretty damn cool. If you'd like to go, now would be the time to get on the phone, 208-287-1003. Bad Impressions works this way. Big J's got three clues. Now, each one of those clues points to somebody that's pretty famous. If you can figure out who that famous person is, in those three clues or less, you've got a concert that you're going to on Tuesday night. Let's go to the phones. Good morning, The X. How's it going? We're good, man. How are you doing? Good. How are you? We're good. You are up first. How are you? All right, here we go, Jay. I started out as a stand-up comedian and was an MTV VJ in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, Next. I want to wheeze the juice. Paul Shore. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Good work. Hang on one second. We'll get some information from you. Hook you up with those Kill Switch tickets. What was Clue 3 just for fun? The 90s were great to me. Movies like Encino Man, Biodome, and Son-in-Law were popular movies I starred in. And why is former guest of the morning after Pauly Shore yeah. in the news? Well, that's crazy, right? Uh, he's shopping around a memoir, Nick, uh, with sword and juicy details, according to page six. The book will chronicle the comedian's rise and fall from fame, MTV in the early 90s, and how he turned his life around. He's really excited. Says I, an insider. I feel... Did he already put out a book? 
I don't know. Did about his time like with his mom at the comedy store and things like that. I thought maybe he did. Maybe it was more about that journey than but it was. But this uh, is more sorry. Right. Right. <laughs> Whatever. And that juicy. Uh, so uh, I, I guess it'll be name and names is what it boils down to. Uh, are you interested in the Paulie Shore book, Big J? That's reading. Uh, that's true. It's not uh, a Reacher book. Are so. you interested in the Paulie Shore audiobook, Big J? No. All right. Let's do uh, this. Then maybe you're just not Let's interested make that in sound effect with his mouth, Paulie Shore, at all. But uh, he comes into the studio. Certainly wish him the best of luck, and I'm sure somebody will pick up the book because he was a very. I mean, for a while there, Paulie Shore ruled the pop culture landscape. Man, I mean, and literally, you know, the the '90s was belonged to him in the comedy world. I mean, several, several hit movies that just... Yeah, I, I never... I guess that's part of my fault, but I never really thought of him as a stand-up until later in his career. I just thought of him as, like, an actor and the MTV dude, you know? Yeah. Because he yeah, he ran on a run there where he was in a ton of stuff. I mean, Encino Man is still is pretty damn funny. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Biodome, uh, Son-in-Law, uh, In the Army Now. Yep. Jury Duty. Jury Duty. <laughs> Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your bad impression. We wrap up the show here next on the X-Rocks. That is corn. That is Start the Healing. And that's going to wrap up the old morning after with Nick and Big J for this Friday and for this week. Thank you very much to our friends from the Lounge of the End of the Universe, uh, Vikram Balaji and Sarah Raphaela, for coming by and talking about all the cool events that are happening at the Lounge at the End of the Universe this weekend. Again, Vikram tonight and tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And tonight at 7 is also the Idaho Pun Slam. So lots of cool things for you to check out. And tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, the Yum Yum Valentine Variety Show is happening as well. So Lots of cool things happening over there at the lounge. We also had a chance to talk a little bit about injecting your own blood at the grocery store into things. Not recommended. No, actually uh, illegal. Don't think it's a very good idea at all, and you should be uh, in prison for that, and luckily somebody was as part of We're Going to Hell, but that does leave you with the floor, Big J. It is National Clam Chowder Day, Nick. It is National Chili Day and National Clam Chowder Day. Yeah, I didn't that... see National Chili Day uh, I, on what I am my stuff. No, it is. It is National Chili Day. Uh, at least that's that's the, Com- the information I that I got. Them. But, oh God, oh God, it's too much. It's too many soups and stews. You know what I mean? It's a lot what? of stuff in a bowl. Soups and stews. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's just too much going on there. Uh, do you like clam chowder? Yeah, of course. <laughs> the red or the white? Oh, I don't like the Manhattan. Okay, so you, it's yeah. got to be New England, huh? Yep. It's the only clam chowder New you recognize. New England, eh? Hey, oh, I don't... Did you have any when you went? Chowder. Uh, yes. Yeah, oh, that's the place that you stood in line for and you didn't. You were kind of lukewarm yeah, about? Yeah, it was like, it wasn't, you know, even the lobster rolls weren't that great. Is Do that the recommend. only chowder that you got while you were there? No. Was Okay, so you got better chowder then. Yeah, I got some. It was in uh, downtown Boston, uh, Irish pub. And that was much better than the yeah. stuff you waited forever for? Sometimes it's weird like that. It is very, very strange. They won a bunch of awards for their uh, clam chowder. Didn't the place that you stood in line forever do it as well? No, nah, I don't think so. It just Not was famous for it? Yeah. And it didn't do it's much? Just a, it's just a tourist scam. And You, you felt- can tell the people at the Lobster Shack I said that too. <laughs> Clyde and Sinker. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Next set of X-Rock brought to you by Team Mazda. It's easy to get your auto loan pre-approved with Team Mazda's iPreCheck. Just click the big blue button at GoTeamMazda.com. That's going to do it for us. Jason Drew's up next. See you Monday. It's the X-Rock. It's a- the Morning After podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com.